Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host, Chris Gorog, brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. Chris is personable and opens up with our guests on issues we all would like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to another show of New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Timothy Montgomery. And today we have from Risk IQ, Steve Getney. I get that right, sir? Your last name there? <laughs> so, Ginty. Sorry. Ginty. Yeah, I got it. So, all right. So, Mr. Getney, um, can you give us a little bit about uh, kind of your background? And uh, I, I think you're the director for the um, for the threat intelligence piece, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, can you give us a little uh, bit of your background of how you managed to get get to that point? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, I would say kind of long winding road. Um, not the traditional IT uh, background. Uh, I ended up getting a degree in finance uh, and kind of uh, you know more of a numbers person and. I then realized I really didn't want to go into finance, uh, and so I got a degree in uh, in public policy uh, in the D.C. area, focusing on uh, national security. Uh, and then needed a job and started working for Northrop Grumman, uh, which was doing IT for uh, IT contracting for for the State Department. And uh, I think at that time I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Uh, but kind of really dug into it and. Uh, uh, and, and, and was excited to kind of learn the, the aspects of, of IT security uh, and what that group was doing at the time and, and slowly worked my way uh, through, uh, through a bunch of uh, different random jobs, but uh, found that I could apply my kind of analytical skills from, from my finance degree yeah, uh, as an investigator right. yeah. yep. uh, and looking at, you know, kind of piecing things together uh, and really started to enjoy the, uh, the threat intelligence and analysis side of the industry and uh, worked my way into uh, into uh, working with uh, with RiskIQ um, by creating a platform uh, called Passive Total uh, that allowed people to piece together things uh, in network infrastructure and kind of conduct investigations. And uh, RiskIQ acquired uh, Passive Total in oh gosh, twenty fifteen, uh, and I've been working working with them. Yep. Well, awesome. Well, it's good to meet you, and uh, welcome to the show. And so. Yeah, so Risk IQ. I mean, we're talking about threat intelligence. What exactly is Risk IQ all about? Yeah, sure, good, uh, good question. Um, the, the company has been around since uh, twenty nine. Uh, sorry, two thousand nine, um, and it has uh, been focused on kind of crawling the internet. And the goal of uh, the company originally was to kind of take a snapshot of what's happening on the internet to help organizations answer questions about you know. Uh, you know, bad things taking place. Uh, and I think the original kind of uh, purview was malvertising and kind of um, bad advertising inside of web uh, websites. Uh, but as the company grew, kind of the use cases grew. Uh, and we, we like to think of ourselves as a, as a big data company. Uh, we're correlating information uh, on the internet across, uh, you know, uh, crawling the, the web, uh, across scanning uh, the IPv4 space, uh, collecting who is, past the DNS data, uh, all to kind of build products on top of that data collection to help customers answer uh, answer questions. Uh, and the two core areas we we focus on are threat intelligence, who's targeting me, 
what is the infrastructure on the internet they're using? What do they look like? And, and how can I proactively investigate and block uh, those, uh, those bad actors uh, or activity that's targeting me? Uh, and then something we call attack service management uh, or digital footprint. Uh, what are my assets that are internet connected? Uh, what is my attack surface on the uh, on the broader internet, um, and what are the kind of potential avenues of attack those bad actors could leverage to to gain access to my uh, to my organization? Well, awesome, yeah. Um, and and this is commercial, or is this for residential, your individual person, or both, or what? What is it used uh, for, for the most part? Good question. Uh, yeah. For the most part, our, our customers are um, our global two thousand. Uh, specifically on the attack service management side, uh, it started with, uh, you know, organizations like large financial institutions, uh, groups doing uh, large mergers and acquisitions uh, that, you know, that have a sprawling kind of IT infrastructure that they need to manage. Yeah. Um, but as we've, as we've grown, we've kind of uh, broadened our, our appeal to, uh, to a broad swath of, of organizations that want to uh, kind of help triage uh, incidents inside of their SIM or move into kind of automating um, actions in a, in a SOAR type platform uh, via our threat investigation platform. So uh, we, we have a, you know, we have a broad set of, uh, of customers, uh, but I would say mostly, mostly commercial enterprise is, is the user base. Um, our threat intelligence platform is available to anyone who wants to register. Uh, so uh, we do have a lot of just individual analysts and, uh, and people interested in, in you know, digging around the data. Um, but for, uh, for our largest customer base, it's kind of global 2000. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to take a small pause there uh, and, and take a break, um, and we'll be right back from uh, listen to a message from our sponsor. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back. This is New Cyber Frontier, your host, Timothy Montgomery, and I'm here with Steve Gutney. Gutney? Gutney. Yep. Got it. <laughs> um, and we were just, before the break, we were sitting there talking about um, the company uh, that he works for. It's called Risk IQ uh, with threat intelligence and a, a scraper, I guess, if you will. Basically, it's uh, something that crawls the internet and helps to support protection against those pieces of malware that come in and, and try to attack you using the internet or, or a browser-based product, I guess you could say, web application yep. or something of that sort, um, that possibly could uh, uh, harm you. Um, so, you know, as we were talking, you were, you were, you were talking about corporations and how uh, this product actually got interwoven in a lot of the corporations. Um, I remember, I think one of the things you had said earlier that we were chatting was uh, you had uh, Microsoft had picked up on you. Can you elaborate a little more on that for me, for our audience? Sure. So uh, as of last week, uh, we are a subsidiary of Microsoft. Uh, and uh, we've been working and partnering with them for, for a while to, uh, to, to help them uh, leverage our data collection and capability. Um, uh, and one of the areas we kind of collaborated on earlier in the year uh, it was around the the big exchange uh, vulnerability that was announced uh, in March of this year. 
Uh, and so uh, at the time, uh, you know, Microsoft had, uh, had released uh, patches and noted that there was active uh, exploitation uh, of a vulnerability inside of their exchange systems. Um, and and was urging you know, individuals to patch immediately. Uh, and this was applicable to their on-premise uh, versions of Exchange. Um, and so as a kind of internet scanning company, uh, we saw that uh, and we kind of alerted our customer base of where those Exchange servers were inside of their, um, their digital footprints uh, and their environments. Um, but we also took the opportunity to, to leverage our global collection and understand the full scope of uh, of the problem. Uh, and so as we started to look at the data uh, that we collected, uh, we had fingerprinted uh, over 400,000 exchange servers on the internet. Uh, when we started to look at that corpus uh, of, of exchange servers, uh, about 100,000 of them uh, at the time, it was a couple days after they had announced the, uh, the patches, were still vulnerable to this, uh, this incident uh, and uh, hadn't been patched. Uh, and so we started working hand in hand with, uh, with the team over there to uh, to proactively notify uh, organizations uh, that they had kind of these servers that were uh, that were vulnerable uh, on the internet, uh, and and the reason it was kind of uh, you know uh, it was important is uh, well Microsoft saw these you know espionage actors that they track under under the moniker Hafnium uh, exploiting the vulnerability uh, you know we're noticing that kind of cycle of vulnerability exploitation uh, rapidly increase so uh, I think it was about a week between them announcing the, the vulnerability in patches uh, and a week later, the ransomware gangs were in on, you know, leveraging yeah, uh, this, this new vulnerability. Yeah, uh, and, and so, you know, even if you were, oh, I'm not worried about it. You know, I don't, espionage isn't a thing I have to worry about. Right. Uh, mom and pop at home, so I don't need to worry it, about that. Exactly. How quickly it, uh, you know, it kind of uh, compressed into, oh, gosh, everybody needs to really action this. Yeah. Uh, was, was what really stuck out to me because... Normally, I would say, you know, maybe two, three years ago, you had some time, right? right. Now it seems like the, you know, the, the time to take action has to be so much faster. Yeah, you got to be prevented more now than ever. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, and so it was a really good, uh, it, was, it was a great collaboration. Uh, and obviously, it was a good um, kind of, uh, you know, showing of our capability uh, and how we can, we can you know, proactively help with their customer base and, uh, uh, you know, and, and kind of secure the internet as well. And so... Um, you know, we we are now uh, a part of uh, a part of Microsoft and, uh, and excited to to do even bigger things. Well, congratulations! There you go. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, getting picked up by Microsoft is a pretty big deal, actually. Um, I know they always are looking extensively at different companies and smaller companies to take them on and merge. Uh, a lot of things in the past. The, I can think of Yammer was one of those companies. Uh, media um, content management, I think it was. The, uh, the some of the other things in uh, Microsoft. Um, so you know if they if they're really looking highly of you, they really think that the, there's a seriousness in why they need it. So I mean, it means that you know what kind of work you've done in the past has been publicly shown and. You know, everyone's always staring at what you're doing. So, you know, the critics will be critics, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, obviously 2020 and kind of the remote work environments that everybody's oh, yeah, in definitely. right now. And definitely. The acceleration of kind of the move to the cloud and, and their, their Azure business, you know, I mean, uh, enabling, uh, you know, both that kind of cloud uh, computing environment. But also, you know, people aren't getting rid of these legacy systems, uh, you know, overnight. Uh, and so that has to be supported. You have to understand, you know, where they exist uh, on the internet, and, and there seems to be always a vulnerability coming out for, uh, you know, for 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 this infrastructure that that you just have to have that kind of awareness 
to be proactive. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I, it brings to mind the uh, just the nuances of going out on the internet today, and and uh, what kind of you know people are so vulnerable. It seems like there's no real protection. So uh, something like this would actually support being able to go beyond the walls of, of the corporate um, inner circle or boundary, I guess you could say, uh, to go out and do some uh, analysis, some intelligence gathering, if you will, about what type of digital footprints out there um, that the company or, or corporation might have. And I'm pretty sure you could probably even get down to the levels of an individual if, if you really wanted to start looking at it that way, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, uh, this type of tool... Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming, yes, it, it is a tool you would install like an application uh, if if those out there not quite sure what that means. But um, it's just like installing your uh, like installing a, an application for, you know, to do WordSoft or some word processing like Word or Office 365, things like that. So analysis wise, it would go out and start setting up tools and looking at your network and doing a, an in-map of some kind and start looking analysis outside of that. And I'm sure it's got its databases and li- li- uh libraries that it preferences and i'm sure there's other databases and things it connects to knowledge base wise so i'm i'm pretty sure it's a pretty uh pretty hefty tool there um uh, yeah so we've kind of taken the the nmap uh you know capability similar capabilities um and we've uh, we've moved, we've ported it to our we've built our own infrastructure to do that type of scanning yeah. um uh, so we do all all of the uh, all of our scanning um you know uh, via data centers we own or, or, or cloud environments that we've deployed. Um, and so we're kind of moving that, that capability outside of the organization's responsibility and taking that on for them. Uh, we do all the scanning. They just tell us what, what needs to, you know, what they want to defend. And we tell them what we know they should defend. Yeah. Uh, and then we deploy our technology to, to scan for them. Um, and that's kind of, you know, and then analysts that, that I work with and others, um, and we deploy signatures similar to how, you know, NMAP or, or ZGrab or these other tools, uh, you know, look across the internet uh, to then fingerprint and identify technologies and services uh, and even vulnerabilities uh, to be able to display that back to, uh, you know, to the customer. Uh, and you, you kind of brought up a point earlier of uh, applicable across a broad swath of, of organizations, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's one of the things we saw uh, in the last you know, year or two is, uh, you know, while, while the capability has been very good for the global 2000, uh, we've kind of but we've started to look at ways that we can help, uh, you know, organizations that have smaller security staffs or, uh, you know, or don't have as many people to focus on this problem yeah. uh, so that we can surface information about, uh, you know, a, a smaller organization's uh, digital footprint uh, based on our own collection and insights uh, and that they don't have to manage it and understand it. Uh, and so we're trying to kind of simplify the process so that it is more approachable to a broad swath of, of user. Yeah, and that that's a good thing, especially those that uh, would would necessarily need something for protection, uh, but doesn't quite understand what that might break down into. Uh, digital footprint. I know a lot of people out there are probably curious if they don't already know what is that in context. What does that break down into? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a it's a good question. So um, from from our standpoint, we're looking at kind of all aspects of uh, you know of internet collection. So uh, you know, uh, if you're a larger corporation, maybe what IP blocks uh, you know you own. Uh, what ASNs are associated with you, uh, domains, hosts, uh, SSL certificates to secure your your websites, uh, mobile applications, uh, really anything that uh, that is associated with with your organization um, on the internet. And we kind of we we bucket into multiple areas. Uh, you know things you own, 
uh, dependencies, uh, especially nowadays with with cloud computing. Uh, you know, what are what are are those services you depend on, but maybe uh, don't directly own? Yeah. Um, you know, like Azure, AWS, etc. Yeah, um, uh, and then right. kind of exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then rogue type uh, things for larger organizations. Uh, you know, brand impersonation websites uh, or uh, domains that are registered to look like a, a major corporation uh, or maybe malicious, uh, you know, mobile applications. Uh, what are those things that are trying to be like you uh, in order to to target maybe your customer base? Um, uh, and so that we bucket all three of those things together to kind of give you a picture of uh, of what, you know, what we refer to as your digital footprint. Uh, what do you look like to the uh, to the internet? Yeah, to the outside world. Well, that's that's good information. So we're going to take another break right quick, uh, and we will be right back with Steve um, after we hear a break from our sponsors. Blockframe technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Okay, welcome back with New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Timothy Montgomery. I'm here with Steve, and Steve is the Director of Intelligence, uh, Threat Intelligence, my bad, of... um, of risk IQ. And we were, before the break, we were chatting about digital footprints and kind of what that means on this type of tool going out and taking a, uh, a snapshot of that type of footprint and bringing it back in analysis and then being able to report that back to the individual organization. Uh, so really great tool. Microsoft seems to think it was important. Um, so uh, kudos there. Um, so, I mean, with this threat and idea that, I mean, today we use the internet, like, you know, like I brush my teeth every morning or some of us actually probably <laughs> use the internet more than yep. that, right? That type of thing. So it's so common to us, right? You know, that, that I, in other words, how did we ever live without it, basically? I mean, it's, it's replacing yep. everything. So in the future of this idea, I mean, as we get further and further down the lanes, I'm sure that this thing will probably broaden in scope. And uh, is there anything that, that, that you see in the future that this type of tool would, uh, you know, not only what it's doing right now, but further use of it and expanding on it. Can you elaborate on anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, uh, you know, as you look at, I mentioned earlier, you we're seeing organizations kind of transform from from the traditional, uh, you know, IT infrastructure controlled, walled off um, uh, to, to a much broader adoption of, of cloud, uh, you know, software, uh, you know, as a service type applications, uh, you know, zero trust models of deploying applications uh, in, in the cloud and, uh, and protecting them. Uh, and so we're kind of, we're seeing the digital footprint actively expand, uh, you know, year over year. Uh, and we, we don't really see that uh, slowing down. Um, you know, there's two kind of areas that we, that we focus on right now um, that we, we think are, are going to be important going into the future. Um, and one, you know, the first thing is situational awareness, right? Um, uh, the, the IT environment is, uh, you know, is rapidly evolving for organizations uh, and it can be hard to keep up. Uh, so we try to provide organizations with that situational awareness as your, your digital footprint expands. Uh, you know, we're at, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, 
taking uh, new assets we identify, we're inventorying them, we're, we're handing them over to you with insights. Uh, but we're also keenly aware that, uh, you know, that, that as the internet expands and our use of it expands, uh, that this is going to be important. Uh, and, you know, I mean, uh, things that we're thinking about are obviously 5G technology uh, and how that is going to to rapidly change, uh, you know, internet connected devices oh, yeah. uh, or expand internet connected devices. Yeah, the internet right? of things, right? And we're already, and we're already seeing that, right? right. You know, I mean, you're seeing, uh, you know, IoT devices uh, that are getting round up into into botnets uh, because of yeah, because of poor security. Millions of them that are just connecting every day. <laughs> it just expands infinitely, almost, right? That, that, <laughs> exactly. <that> <laughs> uh, and and organizations are deploying these things because of convenience for for their customers, sure. for their employees, and. Uh, and you know they shouldn't stop doing that because it's it's probably going to be good for business. But there are security implications that come with deploying those devices, uh, and, and we see that as as being core to our kind of uh, strategy going forward. Uh, there's going to be a, a larger and ever expanding footprint. That footprint is going to become uh, you know less cohesive or, or 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 harder to manage because you may not own it all. Yeah. There may be a lot more dependencies in the future. Uh, and you have to be able to, to provide, you know, risk assessments and situational awareness, you know, up the, the range from, you know, from a you know, technical level through director to a CISO up to the CEO and board uh, about how, you know, this uh, technology transformation and, and new threats are impacting your organization. Uh, and so, you know, we see ourselves as, as, as a tool that can provide that, uh, that situational awareness and answer those questions for security operations centers and, and risk managers. Uh, so that they can better inform, uh, you know, uh, the business. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I was thinking in my mind, you know, what, what if, I mean, how does this get, inter something like this get intertwined with the suite of things that I have on my own laptop as an individual sitting at home trying to get an analysis of, you know, what does my vectors or threat, you know, paths look like to the outside world in? So, I mean, even a tool like this would, would definitely do people good on an individual basis, let alone the organization's basis. So it'd be interesting to see just how far this, uh, what happens in the future. I'm sure it's spanning <laughs> forever, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, and kind of the, the idea has always been to, to, you know, to, to solve the problem in an easier manner, right? Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, especially from an analyst and the technology standpoint, uh, we take, uh, you know, larger, harder problems to, to kind of wrap your, your mind around, uh, and try to distill them down to repeatable events that we can uh, make more consumable to to an end user. That end user could be, you know, a very technical threat analyst. Uh, it could be a security operations analyst. It could be a CISO. Uh, you know, it could be, uh, you know, hopefully one day uh, uh, via via Microsoft. You, you know, small businesses, uh, my parents, whoever, right? Yeah. How right. do we take this intelligence and enable other people uh, who maybe don't, you know, know that you know, yeah. that they're they have by no idea what, what they look like out there, so. I know, exactly. I know there's curiosity for many people thinking, okay, you know, how did they get my name and how did they know and, and where did that come from? And, <laughs> and how did I get on these lists that they keep calling me or texting me? You <laughs> know, that type of stuff. They're always, I'm sure I'm wondering, I, I get hit with it too. I mean, it's, I'm not, you know, vulnerable, even, even if I understand what's happening, I'm still getting smacked with it. And then of course my wife's yep, right. always asking me and. Jeez. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I got family calling me. How did this happen? And it's like, ah, uh, um, just like the uh, <laughs> was the pipeline that got hit there. So I mean, uh, yep. The analysis there was they had some pretty bad controls measures in place, or didn't have any at all in place. And so um, my thought was, is where's the CISO and yep. all this? I mean, 
we were hearing <laughs> from the CEO a lot, but we weren't really hearing from the cybersecurity chief so much on it. So, yeah, and it seemed, you know, I mean, it's there's, I would say it's there's a larger awareness, uh, you know, right now in the public too uh, about uh, about cybersecurity. Obviously, with a lot of these uh, these attacks that are taking place. Yeah. Um, but you know, the even in my mind, the the pace is so rapidly uh, evolved, and, and you know, it's like. Every week I'm it's going scary, from a different right? thing to a different thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and so you're just kind of constantly, you know, battling the changing environment, uh, which keeps it interesting. You know, I, I like that kind of dynamic nature. Sure. Um, you know, but it makes but my man, job it's... that much more. Right? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but yeah. but it, it, for the rest of the world and and feeling some of the kind of the uh, yeah, nuances of of a threat all the time, I'm sure it. it I'm sure it bewilders people, and there's fear and things like that that evolve from from thinking that you're always constantly being plagued with something. I mean, if you look at the totality of the of the amount of pings that hit certain agencies in the government every day of the week, every minute, it's some crazy awful amount, constant um, trying to get in. And those threat players, I mean, they're usually outside the United States most of the time. And it's it's curious to me where when we're going to put something in place that stops them at the front door of the United States inside the United States versus letting them get all the way to the front door of the agency before it stops, you know? And so it, it's, it's a big game, you know, it's a big game of whack-a-mole, right. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of, uh, you know, cat and mouse, right. We, we find their, their tactics and techniques and we find ways around them and then they figure out that we've found them uh, and they evolve. Uh, and so, you know, that kind Change of the strategy that back up. and forth is, uh, you know, it's the cat uh, and mouse it makes it other. makes it a little more a little more dynamic and a little more difficult sometimes, right? Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I think I think there's definitely a um, a realization that uh, you know that that uh, this is an issue, and I think we're going to start to see uh, you know a larger national policy uh, you know attempt to to right. help. Uh, and you, I think you're seeing that already out of uh, you know uh, CISTA and DHS, where they're being very proactive in publishing information around ransomware uh, and working with the, you know with partners in the private sector. Uh, to, to help get this information to the right people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like so I, I think that, that, that's really good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's really positive to, to have that back and forth between the private sector uh, and the government to, to help kind of you know, mitigate some of these, these larger issues. Yeah, you're right. The, uh, they are expanding on the, um, the capabilities that DHS has in cybersecurity. And I think the administration currently is focused uh, solely on trying to expand abilities of the government and cybersecurity at this point. So lots of attention being given to cybersecurity these days, which uh, we were supposed to hit the, uh, the low again. We're, you know, it's always the roller coaster, right? You climb so far, then you go down the hill a little <laughs> bit and you climb a little further up and then you go down the hill a bit. This round, we were supposed to be going down the hill, but it seemed to just turn right back around and keep climbing. So something to <laughs> it's like a, hold, right? It's a rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems that way. Uh, I- yeah, and you're seeing, you know, I mean, you're seeing kind of the uh, the executive order that the administration put out uh, earlier this year. Uh, you know, while fairly tactical to uh, to departments and agencies, uh, you know, is starting to address this kind of expanding digital footprint and, and threat intelligence and you know, uh, public-private partnership. Uh, and so, you know, I think uh, it's a step in the right direction to um, you know to uh, to, to help. Uh, you know, but uh, we, we've got we've got a long way to go. Um, you know, but I think a lot of, a lot of people are coming together to try to solve the problem. That's a positive thing. Yeah. I, I always enjoy the the collaboration and the different, um, viewpoints, things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to see a lot of people wanting to come together and fix, have a solution to fix it. Um, and yep. they just come out of the woodworks. America seems to be that way all the time. It's constantly trying to, to figure out how to improve life. So 
Okay, well, Steve, uh, it was good talking with you. So let me uh, let me go ahead and say goodbye to everybody, and uh, thank you for uh, listening to the podcast out there. And this is New Cyber Frontier, and I'm your host, Tim Montgomery. We'll see you next round on New Cyber Frontier. Have a good one. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.